Welcome to the Differential Product Conversations podcast, where we try to demystify how great digital products are made by answering questions product owners have but are too afraid to ask. All right, so we're up to a new episode. The setup of this episode is to address and discuss the various technologies that might uh, be used to develop your digital product today. So our goal here is to make you aware of them and not let them not let them scare you. So kind of let's dive in. The kind of key question is like, what technology should we build with, and what are the different? What is it? What is a tech stack, and what are all the different things that people are maybe throwing around, and how do I think about that? So, Drew, the the, the high level thing is like, so Drew, I have my team, I know the problem I want to solve. We have a process for how we're going to do that development. Kind of what choices do I have and in in the actual development technologies and how big does that does that matter? Yeah, I mean it's you definitely have lots of things to think about. I think there's some ways you can narrow it down. So obviously initially it's you know platform decision. So it's where am I building this thing? Is it an iPhone app? Is it an Android app? Is it a web application that they can access in their browser? There's lots of, you know, kind of bleeding happening here. There's technologies like uh, React Native where you can build, you know, in a web technology that will then create a version of this in native applications. So native iOS application, native Android application. Um, There's all sorts of different ways to go about that. So I think those are kind of the two I think of where there are, um, you know, web technologies and then there are kind of native device technologies. So that's kind of the first approach, but I guess some, some definitions we could put around stuff you'll hear, which I think is a good way to sort of frame it is you have languages, you have frameworks, you have libraries. So those are probably some common definitions you'll hear. So I think, and I'm going to maybe butcher explaining this, but hopefully it makes sense. So a language can be thought of as a programming language. So there are a large number of them that can operate in these different platforms. Uh, So, you know, languages like PHP, C++, C Sharp, you got JavaScript, you know, and, and the C ones, C++ and C Sharp, like they have variants that, you know, work just on like operating systems, but then you have ones that are like web technologies and ones that are both. So like that can kind of get uh, blurred a little bit, but in general, those are programming languages. They are easy to think about because new ones don't come around a lot. They've been around for a very long time. Swift is like probably the newest, I guess not, there might be some newer ones. Swift was like five years ago. Um, Go is a newer one. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of, there's newer ones that have popped up, but they do kind of stand the test of time. They aren't popping up constantly. And that, and that is like the actual, like when I'm typing code on my computer, well, how is that communicating back to the actual machine or the servers or, or clients and things like that? So the, the language is the fundamental building block of how humans communicate with computers. Yep. Yeah. Fair? Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, and then framework on the flip side is one that will probably change a lot and can have wide fluctuations and it, it's different. So a framework is always built on top of a language. So there's a popular framework called Ruby on Rails. I think that's a good example because Ruby is the programming language. Rails is the framework built on top of Ruby. So the framework part is essentially just lots of different um configuration and settings and things done for you, a lot of boilerplate, a lot of different ways for you to just kind of get away from the details and it just does it for you. It's all written in the language. You can all like 
you could look at Rails and look at all the Ruby code that does things for you, but it just simplifies that. So I think that's one example of framework. Um, React is another one that's very popular these days that you're sure to hear about, and that's written in JavaScript, the language, and JavaScript runs on, inside of a web browser. Um, it can also run on the server and via Node. So again, it gets more and more, more and more complicated there, but in general, so React, the framework is the same thing. It's all written in JavaScript, but then people use React, which gives you different ways to work with JavaScript and to you know, build user interfaces in an easier way because the framework itself is providing it for yeah, you. I, I like to think about frameworks as like, they're some of the principles and patterns all wrapped up into a package of like, how can I just follow some of these things? It does give me the configuration files, but like, how can I really just like start building something and not have to think about like, how are all these things coming together? Because people can like build on top of these kind of frameworks. So most people you're going to work with will work with frameworks. Yep. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. And then um, the third one is library is another one you'll hear. And this is more like of a nuance, I would say, but I would think it's kind of a, it's a continued progression. So language is like the core thing. It's just exists and that's what gets compiled. Um, you have the framework, which is written in that language that gives you some of those things you're talking about. It gives you, you know, a lot of best practices and patterns that you can reuse without having to do it yourself. And then a library kind of packages it up into like bigger pieces of functionality, I would say, uh, probably, you know, different, like there might be an authentication library or there's different ways to do larger pieces of functionality within a framework, within a language. I guess it could apply to both, um, but that's yeah, so another one. Is through where you would have like, is language or library similar to like, oh, it's like a plugin or a module or a component or like some level of like smaller set of functionality that you can use, but you may not use in all of the different cases. And like the framework is like how the approach and things like that and the libraries or plugins or whatever, like smaller sets of features that people commonly use, but aren't probably maybe like core to like, hey, this is necessary for every application. So it's kind of left out, but they're like things you can pull in plug in kind of plug and play kind of things. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way to think about it. So I think pl plug in is probably a good word and that would apply in most instances where that kind of equates to a library. But like I said, there's, I think language is clear. Framework and library can have lots of different nuance to it where someone might call it one thing or another. I think it's important just to distinguish between there are programming languages and there are things built on top of those languages to make your job easier. That's kind it's, of. So we've already listed about a bunch of the different like languages and even some of the frameworks of PHP and that has kind of cake PHP as a, as a framework and WordPress as like a, a almost a framework-esque kind of thing. Like you can build on top of it. Um, Java for, which is used for Android. JavaScript is different than Java. Maybe that's a whole different episode. Um, they're different languages. Python has this framework of Django um, to build things off of Ruby as Ruby on Rails. JavaScript has React, React Native and Node.js as frameworks. Go, I don't know if there's a framework that people are using. I'm sure there is. But my question to you, Drew, is like, what considerations do I actually have to take into consideration um, as, as I'm looking at the technologies and, and how much do I listen to the team that I'm working with? What are the different things that they're going to bring up and will make them excited? And what are the things that I, that I should be worried about as a product owner when we're having this bigger platform discussion around languages and frameworks to use? Yeah, I mean, I think this is, this is totally a relevant question. It's it's a relevant consideration, rather, for a product owner to make or somebody who's running a team. I mean, there's so many different things you have to think about here. I do think, like, from the language standpoint, 
once, so once you've narrowed down, I know I'm on this platform. So say we're building for the web, you know, I know I've then limited the number of languages that exist and that you can feel pretty good about because like I said, they don't come around too often and they usually have enough backing behind them and user base that you can feel good about it. So I think one question, you know, you can start with is, you know, how long has this thing been out? So I think that's more relevant to a framework. So that's usually where you're going to start, you know, Hey, we're going to build in JavaScript. So now I want to start looking at the framework. So in the JavaScript world, there are numerous frameworks. There's React, there's Ember, there's Backbone, there's Angular, there's, and they're all, to be clear, solving pretty much the same problem. You can interchange, use them interchangeably. They're all written in JavaScript. They're all frameworks for building user interfaces. So you kind of have to look at them that way and you figure out like, okay, how long have these things been out weighing the balance of something that's modern and new? My team might enjoy using this, but Stability is also a thing, and sometimes old is good in, in certain attributes for, for a consideration you need to make here. Um, adoption, so like I mentioned, how many people are using it? What is the backing behind it? Like there's a very common problem in software where, you know, that's just kind of stuff becomes vaporware or it's just not maintained any longer. So, you know, something that you're using could just the next day the people are doing it, who are maintaining it on the side of their main job can't do it anymore. And that's obviously a problem. So you need to sort of look at, you know, adoption and uh, documentation and how much is out there for me to learn and my team to learn and how comfortable they can feel about it, which is part of, you know, figure out how easy it is it to learn. Can you bring new people onto your team and train them? That's a huge consideration. Um, that's kind of one of the blessings and curse of kind of the modern kind of open source software. Like we've gone away from kind of super proprietary, only one company does this this way. to this like, hey, we're just sharing some of these frameworks and libraries and things like that. But if people aren't maintaining them or updating them, like they could be kind of painful and like not helpful and like hurt your app um, by using, using some of those. And then it's like adoption is going to go up and down. So it's a whole consideration um, to think about who's using it. Is it gaining momentum? Is it losing momentum? And where, where's kind of some kind of forecast or prediction of where that's going to be? Who's the biggest backer of that? Um, Facebook's kind of backing React and React Native and, other companies are backing different, different, different things. Is the community that's like the core group building on this thing? Um, so definitely, I'm just totally agreeing with you. Like that's a that's a big consideration here. Yeah, and I even think like weighing that too, where Facebook backs React. They have a team that's the React core team that builds React. But then the consideration you also have to make is you know open source. Like is it something that's on a you know something like GitHub? It's publicly available. The community can weigh in and and help shape this thing, and I can submit to it. Like that's huge part of shaping it if it's backed by a large company because otherwise you know that company has its own interests and how this thing could be shaped and if it's closed off then you know it's not super relevant so you do want the backing but you also want to make sure that you know is it is it also driven by the community and the user base too to make sure it's shaped in the right way i think that's a huge consideration to make there great yeah other things i think about um with with kind of the different technologies like how easy is it to learn um, and like, can I train people on it? So um, it's definitely like the easier it is to learn and the, the more people that could, I could train on it or like on this thing, if there's some super technical thing that solves a specific problem, but it's really, really complicated. Think about like 3D geometry style things. Like there's, there's a lower population of people who are able to approach that and get that. But some earlier things of like JavaScript is taught pretty well. Python as a language is taught pretty well. And there's lots of things for people to learn. You can hire for it. It makes it easier to then have more people be able to actually make meaningful contributions yep. to your digital product. And then the other one, which we just kind of talked about was just like the big pool of developers. Like 
how many people like this thing? So we talked about adoption. We talked about that kind of thing. My kind of last question for you, Drew, is like, does it matter how much of the way what my team likes and has skills in when I'm building my digital product? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the toughest thing is that this is a consideration, but you need to, you're weighing all of those questions against, you know, how much will my team enjoy doing this? And that also depends on your team too. Because if you're trying to, you know, grow this digital product to where this is what they're going to be doing, it's like, are they going to be wanting to write code for this in this language, in this framework with these libraries in five years? You know, like those are questions you need to ask. So I think that if you have to figure out if, you know, does it matter what my team likes? I think absolutely does. Like you they need to enjoy the work and enjoy building it in that. And it needs to, and there's just kind of something popular in the development world, at least for like, you know, you can hear UX or user experience of a product. There's also this DX or developer experience, which matters too. It's like how I write my code. And that's why these frameworks like React and a lot of these newer ones are built around that idea that we can build great user interfaces, but really care about the developer experience so that, you know, them building it, they enjoy that. And that's what keeps your team, you know, building quickly, building happily, sticking with it. So yeah, I think it, it really matters, but it's just one of those things, like everything, you have to balance it and weigh the pros and cons. Yeah, that's great. Okay. I feel like we, we addressed this one enough. So I feel like a broken record in some of these summaries there where we have like, there's a handful of different technologies available <laughs> or a handful of different things. Um, it still does depend. Hopefully this helps you kind of demystify some of those things. And But new technologies are coming out all the time, seemingly every day. Don't just get bought in or swayed too much on like the latest promises of the latest technologies. Uh, look to your team as kind of the trusted opinion in that. Uh, lean on them to make the right choice. And in our opinion, if you're choosing kind of one of the more popular modern languages, JavaScript, Ruby, or Python, you're probably going to be in a good good spot. Um, and you can pretty much achieve anything with the, with the different technology or language, language you're choosing. So don't say like, ah, oh, one is technically better for the solution than the other. Like, People get way caught up in that. I think it matters more about what your team um, can build from and has the skills in to be more effective and your speed increases, the quality of the product increases and team happiness and uh, things like that increase from there. So yep. yeah, I think at the end of the day, choose something like you can, you can always swap it out later. Yeah, it'll be a lot of work for you, but make the best decision with the pieces of information you have at hand. And then, you know, you'll be able to just go with that. Like that's what matters. The, the choice matters more than just sitting on it. Great. You know, we, we could call this the, it depends podcast. Yeah. Building a digital product. It depends. It depends. <laughs> Thanks for listening. As always, we want to hear from you. So please reach out and give us your questions and challenges, and we will try to address them on a future episode. You can reach us at podcast at differential, or you can find us on Twitter at, at the differential.